What's up after midnight's deadlights? Um, I wanted to take this time really quick to do something that we normally don't do so far. Um, but uh, I want to talk a little bit about mental health awareness since this is the month to kind of bring awareness to it and talk about it. Um, obviously, I'm not going to go ahead and throw any dirty laundry out there, but I do also feel like maybe some people could relate to this. Um, this past weekend, May 7th was my pop's birthday. Love you, dad. And it was Mother's Day the day after. So love you, mom. Um, and I kind of want to put it out there. Uh, growing up, when we were in the process of trying to figure out what the career goal was going to be, there was a lot of butting heads. Um, definitely for sure. Like, I'm pretty sure we've all been through that before, where parents aren't really too sure about letting their kid make their own choices when it comes to career choices. <coughs> My parents. <laughs> Mine too. So with that being said, it took... It took a lot of time and it took a really big, um, what I could only describe as, I guess it was just a lot of, it was a lot of fighting and a lot of arguing, trying to be on the same page. Obviously your parents want what's best for you. So they do often try to make the attempt to take the reins. And I just remember that at that time when I was, when I finally decided that I wanted to do music, um, I was hit with many different comments. One of those comments being that it was a one in a million chance. Another comment being that uh, I didn't have the character for it because I was lazy. Right. What do you mean by character? So people who make it in those very high intense industries where it's like everybody wants the same thing. So it's really competitive. You have to crave it. You have to hunger for it. And at the time, at the time, because it was so new to me and I was still trying to get a footing and understand how that industry works on the creative aspect of it, my parents didn't really see it being a thing. Because if you really look at my track record school-wise, I, was, I really shot for bare minimum, and I don't blame them for that. That was it. Same here. Right. So my thing at the end of the day, though, was I took it as that, you know, they didn't really care about what I wanted. And I resented them for it. And it took a lot of, again, arguing. And it was really hit or miss. I feel like had I been a, had I been a little more open with my parents, right? I feel like it may have changed things. Maybe it, it wouldn't have changed anything at all. But I just want to say to mom and dad, um, regardless of how much of a pain in the ass I was and me being super complicated and, and, and not sharing anything with you guys. I never did any of that because I was trying to be a jerk. Um, I really appreciate you guys being patient with me. And I know that we definitely had our fair share of saying things that we probably wish we didn't say, but um, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, standing where I stand now, I, I love, I love the shit out of you. And Thank you for at least having enough faith. Of I got to Sorry to interrupt. Uh, you said that and you said, I love you. And you looked directly at me. I felt like I was talking to me. No. <laughs> Do you want it to? Hey, I love you, baby. Oh boy. <laughs> but, um, I just, I really appreciate it behind the scenes, regardless of what they said to my face and them trying to change my direction for something that had security and like financially, um, I know for a fact that, you know, behind the scenes, they were always rooting for me to make it work. Yeah. 
So, like, yeah, parents always are rooting for you, but like sometimes, like, the way they grew up, they don't know how to show it properly, like you do now. Like back then, like mental, like like anxiety and whatnot, like wasn't a thing. Like, oh, that's just made up in your head. Now, like I said before, it like phones, internet, social media, anxiety's brought out way more than it was back then. Before it was just, yo, I gotta work to live. Now it's just like you have like escape, like a computer, your games that. Like as much as a game, like video games is an escape, but it keeps dragging out your anxiety more and more because you're, you're like, I want to say addicted to it. It's you're addicted to feeling good all the time. Right. The validation. And then when you lose that dopamine, that anxiety hits hard. Yeah. No, what, uh, what I was going to say is piggybacking off of like your relationship with your parents. I felt the same, or I feel the same way. So, um, little side note, my parents aren't really like. Like, they don't really live in the same household, to put it like that. Um, when I told my mom what I wanted to do after I graduated college, what I had in mind, it's not necessarily what she had in mind. And when I told her what I wanted to do, because I had thought about it for a while. So how I came to this fruition was uh, I was really stressed out during one of my like last semesters. And um, my friend was like, yo, like, let's smoke. And I was like, all right, bet, cool. So while we were smoking, we are having like a really like deep conversation. And my friend, if you're listening to this, uh, just know I'm not like really, you were an inspiration and you did help me point me in the right direction to where I'm going, but I'm solely going for what I want to do. So, um, yeah, basically just asked me, he was like, yo, like, what do you want to do in life? What makes you happy? And I thought about it and I gave him the answer. I'm not going to like. I don't want to talk about it just yet because I don't like putting things out there that like haven't happened just yet. But when it happens, obviously I'll like tell you guys and all that. Make moves and yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I, you know, came to this realization of what I wanted to do, I told my mom and the first thing my mom told me was, you gotta be fucking joking. You really, I just didn't picture you doing that. Like, can you, is there any, like she basically just tried to talk me out of what I wanted to do for the next like six months of yeah. my life. Yeah. And then it just came to a point where, like, when I was starting to progress, she just was like, there's no point in talking you out of it. I I can't really do anything, but I just want you to know what you're doing is fucking stupid. And just, like, mm. not having your parental support, that shit sucks. Yeah. But I just wanted to say, like, right now, like, I, I don't know what the situation is with your parents, and I don't really want to, like, I don't really want to get too deep into that, but yeah. I just wanted to know that, like, you know, you have, like, all of our support. Yeah. So. And no, like... Like the one thing like, I also like realized like while growing up and whatnot and everyone talking and opening up about like themselves, like Spanish parents are a lot more strict and hard working. Like like yeah. well, you see a lot, a lot like especially like in the hard labor, like they're on top of their shit. Like especially like even though they probably feel like a piece of shit, but they're on it. It's just living with Hispanic parents, it's all about progress. Mm-hmm. And that's that's their truth. Progress. And if it's something that has to do with like, it's all about physical well-being rather than mental well-being. Yeah. So way back, when, I can't say this wasn't the case with my parents per se, but I know for a fact that way back when mental health was more looked as a weakness and not. Yeah, really like that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, right. So, to again, not getting too deep into it, but I remember at least like the first person between my parents to be like, "All right, look, if you're gonna do it." what do you need? What's my pops? Cause at that point he was at a point where he realized I was like stuck on it. So he was like, all right, so what do you need? Where do we need to go? What college, what kind of classes, the whole nine. Um, 
And my mom followed suit after, but my mom only followed suit when she started to hear demos and remixes and things like that. Um, look, really quick, because I, I don't want to get too deep into it, but I, ju I just want my parents to know, like, there was a time where when we were butting heads and we couldn't agree on things and it looked like I wasn't going anywhere, all I could think about was how lonely it was. And I want them to know if they ever do get around to listen to this. I just want them to know that um, I 100% fully acknowledge my faults in those miscommunications. I also understood where they were coming from at that time, especially when they were being, when they were being, especially when they were being, I can't say overbearing, but they were really hard and just sticking to their guns on the topic. I understand that too. Yeah. And loneliness fucking sucks because like that to me, be feeling lonely is the worst feeling ever. And you really don't know what loneliness feels like until you're surrounded by people and you still, still feel, feel empty. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So without getting again too deep into like what we were talking about beforehand, uh, that's literally how I felt. And that probably was the of uh, why I felt like that because I was constantly just surrounded by people looking back on it now, but I still just felt lonely. And that's not a feeling that you can just shake away either. No, and you can't feel it. I tried filling it with food. But that's why, like, yeah. like speaking loneliness, that's why I like try not to stress it too much. But like, you see the size of my room. Yeah. You see how dark it can get. Yeah. And you can see how sometimes quiet it is. If I, especially I'm at home alone. Like when I was out of a job, bro, yo, and last year, like everything that happened, you know, with COVID, appendix, grandma, like it really like brought out everything. Like there was one point, like I felt like I was going insane. Like that's how bad my anxiety got to the point where it's like, like what's real and what's not real. And it was really fucking with my head. So there were so many like thoughts firing around. Like there was times where I like, you know, like I'm like open up, like bawled my eyes out to my mom. Like I don't know what was wrong with me. And then, you know, like I said, starting with going out with like Pauline, going out with you more, getting this podcast started, speaking with Eric and doing more things with Eric. Feel 10,000 times better going out and, you know, seeing the light of day. You know, I'm not saying I never saw the light of day. <laughs> no, but <laughs> it was it was different perspective for you, for you yeah. I would imagine. There's different ways for everyone to get better because not every anxiety is the same and not everyone's experiences are the same. Everyone is different. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to advocate for, uh, like, drug use either or anything like that, but I feel like since, uh, like, it is starting to become more and more, uh, like, accepted, like... It's and a reliever. Most, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good a, reliever. It's it, like no, a calm. It really is a good reliever. I never really smoked for my anxiety or anything like that because I don't have anxiety. But when I do smoke, I definitely can see why people like who have anxiety like would get like would uh get recommended to do that because it like it really fucking relaxes you. And we're not saying to go smoke with. Yeah, because yeah. I'm not. I'm not advocating. There's you just fucking. Smoke there's one actually. Unless, like, you know. There's actually research into it. Um. A lot of a decent amount of people that have anxiety, um, when they smoke, like sometimes when I smoke, I get super paranoid and scared. Yeah, that can happen. It's too. not necessarily like you know because we have anxiety, it's making it worse. There's some, there's like a chemical reaction in, in your body that actually is not like say like when Eric smokes, there's like a compound that your body makes and makes that good high. But for some people, there's actually a chemical compound that makes it perp like not purposely, but it, it it's always going to be a bad high no matter yeah, what. Yeah, it triggers and, flight, fight or flight kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, uh, 
I don't know what the, what it was called, but like like yesterday, I did get so high, but like I had my indica. But I act, I took a hit of a cart. I got. I'm pretty sure it was a sativa, bro. Like it, like set my paranoia through the roof. I literally was sitting at the bottom of my stairs, like just like, like had the door open so wow. I can get fresh air because I was so fucking paranoid. But then I maybe like 20, 25 minutes because time was going by slowly. Bro, I was in my bed just singing like fucking songs and whatnot. <laughs> like I'm like, yeah. Uh, for me, uh, I smoke like a lot more. I use weed more as like a social tool. Uh, I guess in a sense, I do have a little bit of social anxiety because I do often like worry I'm gonna say some dumb shit. But whenever I smoke, and I usually smoke with like people, it's always just like a great vibe to be around. You know, like I never have that fear of I'm going to say something stupid because chances are I was gonna say something stupid anyway, regardless. Yeah. Now it's just funnier when I say it. Also, major, major, major tip: don't smoke alone if you have anxiety. Yeah, no, because, I, I would not recommend like siphing. Like when I siphed in Delaware, I even though that was sativa and keep, I didn't get so that paranoid. Fun. I said I walked outside to get fresh air, came back in like a minute later, was fine. So, I had the best high ever. So for uh, what Kenny's talking about, we basically went to go visit one of our friends in Delaware, and this is the first time in a while that like we've all like gotten together and just like smoked this much because the last time we used to like do some stuff like that was in high school mm -hmm. and we just like it felt good it yeah, felt, no, it felt really, like felt it was like a so reunion good. and it yeah. it really like made us all happy to see each other because uh, those, those high school sites were great yeah we, we basically called like the, it was like a we call it like the rat meetup <laughs> Like, I was a Discord uh, IRL meetup. Yeah, like, but we already knew each other, yeah. so it wasn't like a like we found each other on Discord. But like, it was really good. We hotboxed the room. We had fun. Um, I came home, and I'm pretty sure my that, blood is tea. That one, yeah, that that like that. those two days really like a day. What was it? Two days? A day? Yeah. No, a day really. A day. A like day. an overnight. Like two days we were there, but one night. Um, really helped me expressing my anxiety. Like it, it allowed me to open my eyes. Like after we all met up and whatnot and you know got to see each other in a while especially jesus we haven't seen in a while it was really fun and it fun. It, i've been you know constantly progressing towards what i've been wanting to do especially with the podcast and it's like i feel like the podcast is a really good to help like me distract myself from my anxiety so no, this this definitely does help as well because i've never laughed this much while oh like, yeah until like we started recording Angel um, flew through the room. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who doesn't um, do marijuana, um, I and it's being legal here now, I hope that one day, if I ever choose to do it, it will help me. I see how it helps people who I'm close to. Um, and I feel like it would benefit me from having anxiety. And something I'm not open about is having an autoimmune disorder. So I feel like it will definitely help me. But um, I also wanted to thank both of you for opening up. Um, and trusting us with that and um, you know like you always have our support and I hope those listening out here as we were talking about loneliness I hope that when you guys listen to us you feel like some sense of relief in that and uh, like we're always here for you even if it just means that you're just listening to us we're yeah. here for you like like seeing those analytics really make us happy see like that you guys are we have 40 something listeners which we jumped 20 within one episode Shout out Belgium. Belgium, Belgium waffles. <laughs> Stop it. What the waffles? <laughs> Paris is next, bro. Paris yeah, but we got to shout out our Portugal listeners and uh, I think Austria we have. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. Uh, we have a decent amount of European listeners. Um, Really quick, just uh, I kind of feel like 
I could already, I picture my parents listening to this right now, and I could already tell there's a part where they're like, so I'm going to go ahead and yeah, just you- put, I'm going to lather cement over that real quick before they panic. But I'm just saying, um, look, man, I got to tell you, like, to be honest, my parents gave me everything and anything growing up without me, yeah. without me even asking for it. All right. So like, I know for a fact that during that time when I was feeling like crap, they felt like crap too, because they felt like it was their fault. And I need them to know, like listening to this, they gave me everything I needed to, to grow up and learn what I needed to do. I just was a stupid kid who thought he knew better and that wasn't the case. And I was wrong. And I, I need to make that very specific in my case, because for everybody else, it's different. In my case, I know for a fact that I didn't utilize the knowledge that was given to me. Yeah. And I want my parents to know that I am way happier and a way better person because of it. And it took a lot of, it took a lot of, it took me making mistakes to kind of realize what I needed to do to get my bearings. It took a while for me to come out of that dark closet. Yeah, the the way I look at mistakes are just, uh, and this is like, a, I don't know if it's like a, like a healthy way to look at it, but I just like, every time I fuck up, even in life, I just look at it as like, oh shit, Eat, uh, you know, like, it's just a life lesson, like, I just know that the future, you know, like, how are you supposed to grow unless you like, fail, because failure is like, the biggest teacher. Well, my, my, the dilemma I had, right, not going, I'm not going to dive into it, but the the dilemma I had is like you fail and some failures are steeper than others, right? Oh, yeah. I, to me, I experienced what was like the steepest. Like I hit my lowest low, right? And I was incapable of seeing the world like that. It was a lot easier for me to kind of be like, well, this is it. My life just fucking sucks and it's over. That's why I don't be like, tell people like, oh, you know, you'll bounce back from it or whatever, because like not everybody sees it that way. And I... I don't know. I everyone goes me, about it yeah, differently. Yeah, for sure. And I know not everybody has like the same outlook or the same like you know view on things that I do. Yeah, especially right. when it yeah. comes to failure. Everyone's view on reality is way different way from different, another. Yeah. Like, because you can only see what someone's hardship may seem easy to you, and there, and then your hardship may seem easy to someone else. It's like the whole right. color thing. Like, my orange might be iron's blue. Ah, well, don't use the color thing because you're just colorblind, bro. Okay, that's fucked oh, up. No. <laughs> yeah, you got, okay, you got oh, no. <laughs> nah. Um, well, look, I'm just. It's like, all fear-based I, thing. Yeah. I, I agree with the whole thing from earlier where you don't want to talk about it yet because you're trying to set it in stone. Yeah. You're, you're making moves inside. Yeah, because like, like, like I have like the thought of failure in the back of my head. Like, of course. What if I just like announce like I'm going to do this and then I have to explain. Like me personally, while I have that outlook of failure is a lesson. Not everybody likes to talk about their failures like that. It takes a lot of, like, strength, in my opinion, and a lot of, like, just solace to know and to comfortably talk about, like, your failures. And if it's something you, like, dreamt of doing for a while, and for whatever reason, life gets in the way, you know? So, God God forbid, you know, like, you just fail or something like that, you wouldn't want to talk about failing at something that you dreamt of doing for so long. Dude, so happy I'm so happy you brought that up um, to mom, dad and everyone else listening. Like I thought it was the end of the world. That's that right. There's what happened to me, but I want everybody to know, like I'm finally in a place where I can get back up and do it again. I'm just not as I talk about it with Pauline, I, with Lini. I talk about it with Jess Kenny and uh, one other person where I show them progress and that's it. Um, I haven't shown my parents anything yet because for me, it's just, again, it's a progress thing. Yeah. And 
at this point, I used to talk about my things long before they were done. I did that a lot and shit never got finished because, dude, just you don't share that shit with everybody, bro. You really don't. And you I kind of learned that the hard way because I, I even like have shared what I want to do with like people who I probably like should not have looking back on it now. And I know what I like. I've shared like my plan, my plans going forward with very few people who I know are going to either give me their absolute support, which if you're listening and like, you've known you supported me, just know I appreciate that immensely. Words cannot describe how much like that shit means to me. And I've also shared with people who I know are also going to like help me out in a way, get there. You know what I mean? Growth. Yeah. That's why, that's why I thought it was important. I just want my parents to know that I love them and I appreciate them. Um, and as for the message behind mental health awareness, um, I think one basic rule is that understand, like, if you're in pain or if you feel alone, you're going through it. Just because we're all going through it doesn't make your situation any less painful or any less hurt, hurtful, whatever it is to you. Obviously, your experience is unique to yourself, but yeah. know that with all of us going through it right now, we're just trying to forge a path where we can grow and get better. And dude, that's the goal. It took me three, three years to get over my thing, which by the way, to somebody else, they could have gotten over it within a year, maybe a couple months. It's different for everybody. I just, I just don't want people going into this, this path of healing, thinking that there's a, that there's a timer on it. No, there's no timer. Everybody heals at their own pace and, and you and you also, have to respect that pace and also speaking yourself. of speaking of healing uh like real quick piggybacking off of what you were saying mm-hmm. i don't um say something i forgot oh just because you're going through something as well doesn't mean you're going through it alone either like you know as what is like 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 i just said there's no time frame on healing so yeah. whenever you're ready to talk about it even if it just takes like a minute or whatever you're going through just whenever you're ready to talk about it i like have somebody just to like talk to because that right there is also like showing progress because it's yeah. better to just get everything like out there and off your chest rather than just holding it in and letting it like just eat you up inside i i was dangerously and annoyingly over dependent on people on people for like validation, for comfort, for love. And you also have to respect, like you're not alone, right? Yeah. But you got to respect your peers. You have to respect your friends. They will do everything they can within reason to be sure that you're going to be okay. You cannot anchor yourself to them because at the end of the day, that gives you more time to sulk in it. It gives you less time to think about what the next move is going to be. You also shouldn't feel like you're burdening your friends, though, because that's what they're there for. They're your support system in a way. Like, for instance, uh, my best friend, I generally lean on him for... He doesn't even have to, like, speak or anything like that. I just want somebody to listen because he's been, like, my... Basically, my best friend since, like, we were little kids. And any problem I've had, he's always, like given me another perspective or he's helped me like solve it even if he's just silent and him just listening just helps out immensely and another thing that i want to touch upon as well now that that i just thought about it anybody who like makes fun of people for like you know just having like mental illness or anything like that or even just like abuse in general and what i mean by this is like an example when terry cruz came out and said that he was like assaulted or something like that and he like went through so much like just 
mental like scarring and shit just for Wendy Williams to just like publicly bash him or whatever. That's yeah. fucked because everybody goes through something. Everybody yeah. has their that own That was like problems. promoted abuse like right yeah. there. Yeah. Like, which 100%. she really shouldn't have done. I didn't, I, I wasn't discouraging people from, I wasn't discouraging anybody from like not talking to their friends. I just want like in my situation. Yeah, no, no, for sure. There is a point in time. W- I'm sorry. No, I was going to say uh, for the, sorry, for the Wendy, Wendy Williams is that uh, one lady that, you know, didn't oh, she like pat, like fall on stage or something? Oh, yeah, she but, Wait, when but that's why people were saying, I remember people were saying like karma's a bitch and whatnot. Maybe, that could be. Because everyone was bashing her and whatnot when she fell. No, because she went like, look, she went like her eyes went open and she yeah. kind of like, like stumbled. I believe she has like dementia now or something. Like she's, she's like going through a lot right that's now. Cool. Yeah. That, that would actually we actually so had a teacher that was, um, not going to say his name, but. Um, he wasn't even like a teacher. He was an aide, but he was like close to Wendy, and she would come to our town all the time. Again, okay, continue on. Yeah, please continue. continue. On. No, again. Obviously, your friends are gonna be there for you. You're not a burden, but you also have to understand that if y- if you don't want to get better, you're not going to. Be. Yeah. Which is why I can't emphasize the whole like healing doesn't have a timer thing. Like honestly, without giving too much away. Like, I had two good friends. They did everything they could to help me get out of my rut. But because I was unwilling to make it better for myself, there's so much pressure put on them. Because I, it, in a way, it was kind of like, look, they were trying to do everything within reason, and I still wanted more. And even if they gave me more, it wouldn't have changed anything. So I want people to acknowledge that. Your friends are there to help and guide you. They're not there to help you get back up. You have to be willing to do that on your own. And that's perfectly fine. Whether that's going to take you a couple months, a year, you have to be okay with that. But you also have to understand that that is on you. And at the end of the day, like, you're loved. And it's it comes in different forms, even if it's, like, stupid little memes or witty humor. Like, <laughs> people reaching out to you is people who care for you. And that's something you have to remind yourself because it's so easy to forget about that and take that for granted when you're when all you feel is like you're by yourself. So you have you have to and and it sucks. Like honestly, like I've been in so many situations where it's like, why am why are you okay and I'm not? And 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 it's in those situations where the harsh reality becomes is like, I'm not gonna be okay. It's gonna take time for me to get over that. And that's just what it's got to be. I kind of want to like, like sum it up really like what this, at my point, like where everything you're saying is if you have anxiety or if you're going through something, in my experience, the most like problems I see people causing more problems for themselves is you're trying to beat time. Remember, you can't go ahead of time, but you can fall behind. So you, you can always fall behind and just take a break and like build yourself back up. But never try to beat time because if you keep trying to beat time and rushing to see your friends again or when's the next meetup or when's the next time we're drinking, you're going to cause more problems for yourself. Because if you try to go ahead of time, the universe is just going to push against you. And yeah. in the end, time always wins. Time's always no wins. Time's what. your best friend and it's your worst enemy. Yeah. And yeah. use it correctly. Like I'm telling you, like when I came to terms with, I, I always, I watched this uh, motivational speaker, not really, but he like, he's a, a philosopher or something. Alan Watts. 
philosopher. Oh, yeah. nice. He's a very, very good. If you listen to his things, especially the ones with the edits, with the music, yeah. the very soothing music. One thing I got from him is there's a, the whole universe is always going to go towards chaos because everything goes from being stable to unstable. Um, but he, he doesn't really stress it too much, but he always says it like, no matter what, like in the end, oh, I can't really say it. Ugh. I would like to quote him. Like, yeah. let me look it up. You like, you guys take a head. Let me That's look it fine. Go ahead. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, what Kenny said about anxiety and time, it, it made me think back to what someone very dear to me said to me and opened my eyes when I was going through something. Um, and if you're listening, I know you are. I love you. <laughs> oh. But um, what she said to me was anxiety is being aware, too aware of the, what's around you. Right. And depression is constantly thinking back. It's just constantly like thinking and thinking back all the time. And when she said that to me, it, every time I felt anxiety, I now think of that. And it just helps me. I'm like, what am I too aware of right now? And, uh, yeah. Yes, that's uh, being too aware is actually uh, very rare. Not too rare, but it's called hypervigilance. Um, people with PTSD and a very, like, severe anxiety or schizophrenic, they have hypervigilance and, uh, vigilance, and it really sucks when, like, back to the whole thing, when you try to smoke weed um, or marijuana, uh, if you have a really mild case of hypervigilance and you're just so aware, like, for me, when I drink, I can get really drunk and I can get blackout drunk. But the thing is, I'm aware of that whole process. I'm so aware that like that I'm drunk. I know that I'm drunk. And that, that's like the crazy thing. Like, as much as it crazy sounds, people say, oh, yeah, I know I'm drunk, too. No, like I feel like I can see outside my body in a way like th that. Oh, shit. Like what's going on? Like how like when am I going to get back to being normal, feeling normal? Sometimes when I get high and I get too high, I I can literally like the all the visual effects and whatnot. And then. Me being so aware, your paranoia just flips on, and it's like, oh shit! Like I need this to go. I need this to go right now. Yeah, because oh, your uh, your body is waiting for that anticipation, like mm -hmm. something's gonna happen, and I don't know what it is, but I'm ready for it. And that's there, that's the. There's one part. saying. It's like, the more you become, the more mankind ceases to learn about reality, the more your brain ceases to destroy itself. Because it, reality is too complex to understand. And at that point, you just got to just live life. Just don't overthink things. Like, find a way to calm yourself. It's like having a pet or, you know, a stuffed animal or playing a game. Like, not playing too much games because, like I said, too much games can be a problem too. But find some way to cope. It may take a while for you to find some way to cope. But in the end, you will find something. Like, for it me. It could even be in the most, like, unlikeliest ways possible. Like, for me in high school, I was always, like, that one lazy piece of shit who just never wanted to do anything. And now, all I, like, do whenever I'm stressed is I go for a run or I go work out. And I'm not the most, like, athletic kid ever. Or I'm not the most athletic person ever. But that shit actually really helps out a lot. I believe it. I wish I got into it sooner. Or at least stayed on it. Because, dude, I was yeah, at my best. I was at my best in high school. I weighed the lowest I ever weighed was 142, right? And openly, I can admit, I'm, I weigh, like, close to 260 now. So I know what I have to do. I know what I need to do in my responsibility and my power to change that because I always felt like it was out of my control. Um, but now I have to get a jump on it. 
because I, I know what I want. Like for sure. Like I know I want to feel light. I want to feel heavy. You feel it a hundred percent. It sucks. But I want to get back to that point where like going for a walk was exciting. You know, hell yeah. Leany. Um, look, even for, for everything we try to talk about on after midnight, yeah. I know we I know we goof around a lot. We meme a lot. It's really fun, and that all we want to do is for you guys to understand. Like we can relate to you. I we, found the quote. We're there. Hit me with it. A person who thinks all the time has nothing to think about, uh, no, nothing to think about except thoughts. So he loses touch with reality and lives in a world of illusion. I heard that in so many like electronic dance music tracks. It's not even. It funny. gets it gets oh. crazier. Everybody is fundamentally fundamentally the ultimate reality but my dear man reality is only a i can't say that rush ink blot you know beyond positive and negative what is reality roshak yeah in reality there are no separate events life moves along like water it's all connected to the source of the river of the river is connected to the mouth and the ocean that's dave our rea- our view of reality is like a chart of the sea the truer it is the less likely we'll become lost. Um, real quick, thanks for looking up those quotes and telling us that it's fucking spoke. To the me. first one is my favorite. Um, but I wanted to piggyback off uh, what El Fizzy said earlier about those who um like to bully people about their like you know, I guess hardships and uh, mental illness. Um, part of me wants to say fuck you, <laughs> but the bigger part of me, honestly, feels for you. And I'm sorry that you somehow, some point in your life, you felt like your feelings or something wasn't valid, and that's how you go about things now. I hope you get the help you need. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> and as much as like we can bash bullies too, bullies are also going through something, and of they course. just, I guess, putting it, pushing their acts or pushing out. And they don't realize it yeah, from their hurt. That's why yeah. I, I came mm-hmm. up with that. I didn't mean like to be. No, 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 no. Yeah. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like make it simplified. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks. Um, But yeah, like we're all here just to help each other. Yeah. And not well, like what uh, Lini Beanie was saying, hurt people hurt like others in a sense. Um, I don't know if you guys have like listened. I don't want to like, again, change this into like a stupid topic or anything like that. But uh-huh. this is something that uh, Kendrick Lamar actually touches in his new um like music video that he did, which was really like, it was really crazy just like Try watching to, it. Yeah. yeah yeah it was really crazy just like watching it and just seeing because uh for those who haven't seen it or if you guys haven't seen it he uh pretty much like touches upon like different like issues and he portrays like basically he'll cgi his face so in it in the music video he uh become he turns into like will smith when he says that and that shit hit so deep speaking of like you can drink in the music video you know swimming pools like stand up drink like that song is actually about like, not, like, it's kind of, like, tell you to, like, you don't have to drink. You don't have to go to a party and drink. You don't have to feel peer, uh, peer pressure. That whole song is about, like, peer pressure. Like, you don't have to follow what everyone else is doing to fit in. Which is crazy. That. Yeah. That's pretty deep. I'm going to look at that song way differently now when I get back to it. That's crazy. That's why stand up, drink, pass out, drink. Right That's now. crazy. I didn't know that. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like mostly like deadlights as like a producer, whatever you do in music. Um, listening to music is just its own therapy and its own. When you really listen to the lyrics and you can relate, it just it helps so much. I listen to music about. I I dedicate officially about two hours a day 
to three hours a day listening for like new songs and stuff, Mm -hmm. whether it's lyrically or just a beat. It's just a thing that I have because I'm trying to find, I'm on this mission to figure out what my sound is. And I'm realizing that I can be a Swiss army knife and that's a lot more fun. I don't have to just stick to just one genre. genre, So now how can I get back onto this grind where I can make all of my productions that much more meaningful again is, is, is another thing I'm going through right now. But um, I'm also trying to have fun. And that's been the harder thing to get back to is to make it fun all over again. But, you know, for the past uh, couple yeah. of weeks, I got to say I've been a lot better at, in that. Music too. is also a great source of uh, inspiration. For me, that's been like one of like in creativity. That's been one of like my driving forces. Whenever I like get stuck in a rut or whenever I just like need time, I'll just listen to like music that I know will like that in it of itself. Like every time I hear it, I'm just in awe. Thinking back on it now, I remember um, when I wrote about that shit in high school, and my teacher just shat on me for it, because, yeah, it was it was so jarring. So, um, we had to write an essay on, like, uh, what, um, you know, what is your, like, biggest inspirations? And I was just like, oh, like, you know, like, um, I draw inspiration from, like, music, because, like, the lyrics help, and, like, uh, you know, looking at the visuals also helps. And I was running out of space, and I was just like, my mom's also a pretty good like inspiration to me and then like she read it out loud and she was like i don't want anybody to react or anything i just want you guys to listen and then she read my whole essay and i was just there like i had to basically just take it and then she was like this is fucking garbage she didn't say it like that but she like that was essentially what yeah, she was said essentially what she said and i was just like damn i tried my hardest she's gonna shit on me like that no 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 see but well the because the what, whole essay was just like, write what inspires you. And those two things are like my biggest inspirations. inspirations. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, I thought I knew what my inspirations were. And it took me a while to actually realize what it was. And the thing is, um, on Twitter, there's this artist who, by the way, she's a mean lyricist on her own accord. Her name is B.B. Borelli. Um, she wrote this Twitter post that I kind of disagreed with and never got back to commenting on it. But this would be the opportunity. <laughs> She said, um, inspiration doesn't have to be that deep. It could come from anywhere and it could be anything. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, in my case, I fear, I find that my inspirations are that deep. Cause for a lot some of, people they are. Yeah. Like, well, is this the way she wrote it kind of made it seem like the law of the land that I was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> There's like one thing I saw, like you never truly win that you just constantly fail. You just find a better way to do it. Oh, dude. Actually, I can pull up right now really yeah, quick. Yeah, like, you never win. There's no such thing as winning. Like, you just keep failing, but you just find a way that you don't do it as bad as you did it before. Um, there's this guy, and I don't think you guys know him, but, like, he's he's a big inspiration for a lot of my songs. Um, his stage name is Joyride. And when I was at the at a really low point in time, I, I did, like, this Hail Mary attempt of actually trying to hit him up, and I asked him for guidance. And... I hit him up. I expected nothing of it. I woke up in the morning and just to read really quick what he said, which was like the most resounding, comforting thing in the world. And it's so simple that it makes me almost cringe to like think about. But to this day, I hold it dearly and I, I still hang on to the conversations we have, too, because it's great. Um, but really quick, I opened up with. I got you. I opened up with a. Hey, Jay, I'm hoping if maybe you can find the time to chat with me really quick. I've been having a really shitty couple of months and I need some guidance. Um, I hope to hear from you soon uh, because I could really use a friend right now. Dude, he didn't take too long. The day after his text was, what's up, mate? For sure, I'm here. And I was like, yo, bugging. 
So we talked and we chatted. And the first thing he said after he read the whole paragraph I sent them <laughs> explaining my predicament, the first thing he says, okay, well, first, let me just say, join the club. That was the first thing he opened up with. And I was like, <laughs> he was like, not meaning anything negative, just that life hits us all hard, no matter who we are, where we're from, or what happened. What happens? Let me just say a few things. I love to read quotes. And a quote that I, c- that I can get really behind is Henry Ford saying, I didn't fail. I just found 10,000 ways it won't work. When he opened up with that quote, it was profound to me because it's like, at that time, failure was such a deep message, or I guess it was like this moniker in my life. Failure was like the word every day I woke up and I felt like crap. And he put that quote in front of me and it really brought up a whole barrage of perspectives and stuff like that. And throughout our conversation, he breaks it down. And I got to say, I'm fully like, because I've always felt like I was never in control of things, which was my problem. And to be able to understand that failure is such a key, it's so it's a key component to growth. Now, whether the failure was a part of you looking like an idiot or being the bad guy or whatever the case may have been, it's just one of those things that you have to live with, but you know you'll never do it again. Um, he took, he, he really did take his time walking me through like my grievances and what was going on with me. And I really do appreciate him for that. And it was because of that conversation that I took the time to, um, to kind of reevaluate. And I know, I know what's happening. Cause I could already see my dad's face. A lot of the stuff this guy told me, my dad has told me. But in the heat of the moment of listening to dad trying to put some knowledge on me, I thought I knew better. So you don't remember those little things until it really matters. Yeah. Um, so officially, after that conversation and having time to think about it, my biggest inspirations at the end of the day was, one, like obviously I have my, my music inspirations. But my life inspiration is always going to be my pop's. And it's because I've seen him fall down so many times and get back up to do it again, not knowing what the plan was going to be because he knew he had to. And obviously I've had times where my dad told me how he really feels and he never pulled any punches. But my dad too also acknowledges his mistakes. He does a lot more now than he did before, but better now than later, right? And I know for a fact that I don't think I'll ever know anybody else who works as hard and doesn't take no, no for an answer the way my dad does it. And people can argue, you know, there's always going to be somebody out there, but the biggest example I have in my life right now that's going to keep me from letting other people tell me that I can't do it, it's going to be my pops. And... And he's giving you full support. He is. No, no, yeah. hold, no, there's no holding me back That's now. Said. Yeah, no holding back now. Dad's definitely 100% in. But to kind of finish it up, uh, believe it or not, like the way after midnight kind of started was just kind of all around, around mental awareness. And we, it was just a little Discord chat for us to, you know, get together, feel good, and, you know, just play games and have fun. Because other than that, it was just, you know, working and just 
going home, sleeping and whatnot. And then just three, four of us, four of us got together and made after midnight. And then El Fizzy came along and El Fizzy started inviting his friends and then people from other Discord joining and started joining. And then, you know, they started playing League and more people from League and people from yeah, Destiny. No, I'm, just, I'm thankful for all the friends that I've made on League who, like, play with me consist- on a daily basis. Not on a daily basis, but who just pop in every yeah, now and again. It, literally, like, after midnight was built off people who had bad social anxiety. Yeah. Um, at the time, uh, everyone was going through some stuff. It was a little rough. Uh, and then times got better because we were there for each other. And the Discord grew, and we all saw, you know, an opportunity to help other people. And the Discord kept growing. At one point, it jumped from, like, 10 to 60. And then a month later, it was, like, 60 to 140-something. And then now its current is, like, at 258 or 2... No, 250 or 248, something like that. Um, But, yeah, like, the backstory of, like, After Midnight is, is really great. There's a lot more to it, but... It would take a lot longer to explain, uh, which I would like to reach at some point. Of course, we'll get the time to do it for sure. But as your peer, like, I want you to know, like, the purity of it is what makes it so special. Yeah. And, again, we say it at the end of every podcast, like, we're so excited to see what comes next. But for this month, know that we we do this with... We see everyone. We see you. Yeah. We're here for you. We do a hundred percent. Um, if you if you're going through some stuff, you remember you can always go to, like you can join our Discord. Or you can go to our Instagram and just hit message. us up. Yeah, hit us up. Talk. Well, yeah. like I'm under the video description. I'm gonna post the quote that I said, and I'm gonna post uh you know a, at least to a YouTube playlist of all Alan Watts videos if you guys would like to listen to yeah. see what I listen to to help me. Yeah. Yeah, we love you. We appreciate your support, and we got you. <laughs> Everything's good. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your time, enjoy your weekends, and we'll see you next time for the next episode. Love y'all. Bye.